Welcome to another episode of the You Thought Sports Podcast. This is our 91st week in business. I'm here with the usual cohort of myself, Jared, Lucas, Aiden, Bart, and Wyatt. We got a jam-packed show with some overreaction seasons in the NFL as well as a little bit of MLB. Our favorite way to talk about MLB, of course, is culturally and uh, ratings-wise rather than actual <laughs> on-the-field play, And we'll get, so we'll get to that. But uh, here's some news we missed first. In some sad news, Tim Tebow was released by the Jaguars this week. Um, so anybody that bought those jerseys, you know, either either that looks really cool or really stupid. I'm not sure which one. But uh, he was released. The dream has ended. I'm sure he'll go on to some other sports soon, though. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I'll join the Mets again. Yeah. For- <laughs> exactly. Um, in some happy news, our boy Patrick Beverly was traded for the second time in a span of three days. He went first from the Clippers to the Grizzlies, right? And then Grizzlies to the Wolves. So Bart's going to have to to deal with that presence, you know, on his TV screen. I'm, I'm not a fan of the team anymore. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, um, just, he was yeah. tweets. <laughs> what were his tweets? No. He, he, like, yeah. he, like, he tweeted one thing because he got re-signed by the Clippers. Like, you know, like, a, I'm back mm-hmm. or something like that. And then he got <laughs> traded to the Grizzlies. And he tweeted, grit and grind. And then shortly after that, he got traded again. So now it's like, <laughs> what, is he even going to risk tweeting? What's his phrase? <laughs> Yeah. Also, for listeners who can't see, we're currently on Zoom, but we can all see Bart's new Patrick Beverly jersey. Looks good, Bart. (laughs) It'll look even better when it's lit in flames. Oh my god! I'm so sorry. I don't know why. I like the idea that you care enough about Patrick Beverly, like to (laughs) cause such irreparable harm to the Twin Cities that you would burn his jersey. Uh, and in other, I guess, contract news, Jamal Adams signed a four-year extension with the Seahawks for seventy-two million dollars. He's a little—he's pretty overpaid, in my opinion. But you know, what are you gonna do? That's that's every player nowadays, I guess. Um, the NFL released forty-one of its top one hundred players. We were going to do an NFL top one hundred reaction until I realized that they're releasing this over like three weeks, which is kind of ridiculous. <laughs> But whatever. <laughs> Stay tuned for that episode when we discuss the full rankings. One notable thing I did want to point out already, though. Justin Herbert may have won Rookie of the, rookie of the Year, but Justin Jefferson was ranked three spots higher than him by his peers. So mm-hmm. he can he can take that consolation uh, prize home with him. <laughs> In some uh, college football news, the Big Ten, the ACC, the, and the Pac-12 are actively discussing a scheduling alliance to counter the SEC's growing influence Notably, the Big 12 was left out of these discussions. <laughs> if this is a any indication on what the uh, landscape of college football is going to be, which I think is pretty interesting, maybe we'll talk about that as we get some more details. We we don't subscribe to the Atlantic though, so we weren't able to to read the full article. At least I don't. But the Atlantic? <laughs> not the Atlantic, the Athletic. <laughs> the same thing, basically the same thing. <laughs> we also don't subscribe to yeah. the Atlantic. <laughs> Some of us don't subscribe. To yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, in some baseball news on the field, our boy Tyler Gilbert threw a no hitter for the Arizona Diamondbacks in his first ever career start, which is pretty amazing and pretty impressive. It's the year of the no hitter, uh, and it just continues. Very yeah. impressive. Apparently, can I, can I that share a personal looks? No, oh, go for it. it. No, I was just gonna say gonna that apparently this is the fourth time this has happened. Like a pitcher throwing a no hitter in their first start. It's pretty yeah, that's shocking crazy. To me that that's, that's crazy. Four oh. times. Anyway. Oh, and I have some personal experience with no hitters this week too. <laughs> uh, I was at a Phillies game. 
Um, and I think his name was Matt Miller or something else generic. Uh, <laughs> had a no hitter going Gilbert through Grape. six. <laughs> had a no hitter going through six, and Joe Girardi pulled him. And then they gave up. It was in the top of the eighth. They gave, they put in like they kept the no hitter going through the seventh. Whoever the reliever that came in kept it up. And then the the eighth. This guy whose last name was Bradley came in and he just looked shook. Like he didn't confident. <laughs> and like the second pitch he gave up a home run and blew oh, the no hitter. Come on, Bradley. Devastating. Oh. Devastating. Um Joe. So I was gonna no say reason. there's <laughs> there's Joe Girardi being the most unnecessary manager again, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, and in our final news, we got to mention Notre Dame in here somewhere. Brian Kelly announced that Jack Cohn, the Wisconsin quarterback transfer, will be Notre Dame's week one starter at quarterback. Uh, apparently mm-hmm. the first game also, I won't be watching it because it's going to be exclusively streamed on Peacock Plus. What is this? Come on. I know. Jared, Come I have on. Peacock Plus. <laughs> All right, I'm watching it then. Need it why it's the person. Yeah. But let's get into our first uh, major segment. It's overreaction season. It's the preseason. All of the top rookie quarterbacks debuted in week two of the preseason. Uh, headlined by New Orleans, New Orleans Saints quarterback Ian Book, this year's rookie class debuts included Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, and my boy Kyle Trask. Wyatt, which rookie QB had the most impressive debut for you? <clears throat> I think it, the easy pick for me is Justin Fields, and that's what I'm running with. I, I always thought he should have been the second best, or he thought he, sh- he was the second best quarterback, and he should have been the second quarterback taken in the draft. And I feel like that he proved me right uh, watching the, <laughs> him play on the, with the Bears. Nice. It's easy for like a young quarterback like him, to, especially a guy who runs as well as he does, to just scramble when the pocket collapsed. But for the most part, especially when he was rolling out, I thought he kept his eyes downfield really well. He stayed poised. I think he was thinking pass first, which is good. It's Like I said, he's too he's very athletic, and it's easy for him to just kind of fall back onto that. I thought the ability was clear. Uh, big arm, great legs. Uh, I know there are going to be a lot of hiccups. He had a turnover or a potential turnover, turnover with a fumble. But... Mm-hmm. If I'm the Bears, that's something that I'm going to live with, and I'm happy to live with it. When you watch him play, and you can just see that he is as good as advertised, or he's as was advertised in college. Uh, for this year, off of that one game, I think that he does win Rookie of the Year. And as far as career trajectory <laughs> goes, I think that he is a better Deshaun Watson. Mm. Did we good. see Andy Dalton's comments? <laughs> I did see. Well, no, what did he say? What did he say exactly? I think he said it's my team right now. Or he said, like that. He, oh, said this is my year. he said this is he said I time. expect I expect Let's like Justin out. Fields to have a great career, but it's my time now. Oh, oh. uh huh. Okay. I love so, it. Fighting hard, words. Hard yeah. when, you're when you're not playing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. yeah, it's real. Yeah, yeah. My favorite quote of the week was Justin Fields saying that the Dolphins defense was kind of slow to me. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> Shannon Sharp yeah. was like, wait till defenses start scheming for him and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. bet, a lot of defensive people were like, what? Yeah. Uh, okay, but he did, actually... He did look good. He did, he did look, look really good. good. PFF That's pointed awful. this out. He held the ball for 3.8 seconds per snap, which was easily the most of any of the rookie quarterbacks. Yeah. So, like, it would look slow to me, too, if I held it for four seconds. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, yeah, but he was... Against non-preseason defenses, 3.8 seconds is going to get you sacked, like, every single time. Yeah, so, but... Like, I think there's something to the fact that... And this was a problem for him in college, too, is that apparently he held the ball yeah. for a really long time. 
So mm. that's going to be something he's going to want to work on. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, but I watched the game, and the a lot of the times where he was holding the ball a long time was because he was stretching the pocket out and like scrambling a little bit. You oh, know what I mean? PFF thought you were going to say that, and they actually wrote this in. <laughs> Apparently, even if you factor out the plays where he scrambled, he was still over half a second longer on average than the other rookie quarterbacks. Okay. It, it's so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. I literally am just regurgitating these stats. Well, if you if you <laughs> have the ability to, to the do that, result. then what's the problem? You know, if your offensive line's good enough for you. Okay. Well, he also had some turnover-worthy plays and stuff like that. I don't yeah, know. he did. But you kind of work those hiccups did. out, you know. Like right. you, he learns ball control. He he got stripped for a fumble or potential fumble on a play where he was trying to spin around the defender, and he just held the ball out a little far. Mm-hmm. Like those things can be fixed pretty easily. It's, he's not, and no shot to my own boy Daniel Jones, who just for some <laughs> reason can't grip the ball correctly. I think that you know Justin Fields will quickly turn around some of those little mistakes yeah it's going to be a justin yeah. fields rookie of the year year and a daniel jones mvp year right yeah uh-huh. so gonna, wait till our dark horse mvp go ahead lucas i was like, speaking of pff pff actually said zach wilson had the best overall debut um yeah. he was good he was efficient he was six for nine 63 yards seemed to be yeah. decisive and hold on to the ball like I don't like. I don't know if that's like an overwhelming enough like performance for him. To, like, yeah. for me to crown him, like, like he's gonna be the best. Like, I realize he was decisive. I realize he was efficient. And that's what you want in an NFL quarterback. But like, Trevor Lawrence looked, I'd say, equally as good. His stats were nearly identical. It's like, and he's also playing in like a tougher scheme for him as well. So that, I don't know. But yeah. the signs that like he was like doing at least somewhat well are good because he held out for so long. And there's some worries about. I think like. Mm. getting like reactive yeah. and stuff like that so good for zach wilson on that front at least yeah because like zach wilson had like a he had like a shaky like inner squad scrimmage last week like mm-hmm. which is the first time they played in front of a crowd and everyone like freaked out i was freaked <laughs> out personally yeah. um but no he, he looked like very composed he was fitting passes into like tight windows um i was it, it looked good and as far as like trevor lawrence like I think given the Jaguars, I think Trevor Lawrence looked pretty good. Because, no, like, I... yeah, they were, like, the scheme that you're mentioning, Lucas, like, they tried to, like, pass deep despite the fact that they have a terrible, like, offensive mm-hmm. line a lot yeah. of times. And so, like, obviously Trevor Lawrence was going to get sacked a few times and I'm a little bit worried about his health going forward. Um, but he, yeah. he generally looked good, I thought. And I thought it was very clear for me, for the Jaguars, that Trevor Lawrence was playing with about b tier or c tier probably not even b tier c tier or d tier talent he <laughs> was making confident throws he was doing you know kind of a lot of the things and they were just it just was kind of clear that like nobody was good enough to kind of uh make trevor lawrence look better than he already is you know like the jaguars are gonna have to do a lot to to add more talent around him to kind of capitalize on you know one of the best prospects according to a lot of analysts one of the best prospects uh since andrew luck you know, mm-hmm. you mean Tim Tebow, right? That's who you're talking about yeah. in terms of talent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did just cut the most talented person on that team. Yeah, T. Especially when you compare Trevor Lawrence, like how the offense did when Trevor Lawrence was playing to Gardner Minshew. You know, like I love my boy Gardner Minshew, but they were moving the ball a lot better when when Trevor Lawrence was in for sure. Um, another guy I wanted to shout out. We haven't talked about him too much in the NFL sense, but Ian Book. I'm just saying he threw for 129 yards, nine completions. He did have an interception, 
But that's to be expected when Jameis Winston's your QB mentor. You know what I mean? Like you're gonna throw an interception <laughs> in your first game. Wow. I, I'm just saying though, like he's he's in the, honestly like a pretty decent position where he's got like some old guys in front of him that like could be gone in the next couple of years and like <clears throat> could potentially if Sean Payton's still there and hiring a great coach. I mean, I was not like completely sold on Ian Book's NFL potential, but he's in a really good situation. You know what I mean? I, I I'm gonna keep tabs on him for sure. Yeah, I mean, he also sort of suffered from, like, a little bit of Justin Fields, isn't it? which he also held on to the ball way longer than he should have. He held on to average three seconds plus um, as as well. So, I don't know. That's worrying, too, when he faces, mm-hmm. like, actual... If... I say when, like, he's going to be the starter and play, like, real NFL minutes. But, like, if he <laughs> ever becomes the starter, like, that's going to result in a lot of sacks. And he took a couple bad sacks in this game as well. So, I don't know. He was good the stats look somewhat impressive but i would hold off on the ian book hype for the time being (laughs) for the time being how about forever (laughs) oh my gosh you can book it i will not the ian book will not be the Saints' starting quarterback at any point at all ever you're booking that yeah i'll book it he's ian booking that what (laughs) that's actually pretty all right that's that's pretty bold i feel like even yeah. wait, what if are we factoring out injuries? Yes, no, no. no. yeah, injuries like are fair are, game. Looks, yeah. They're fair yeah. game. I don't care. So like, okay, so if, <laughs> okay, I'm gonna hold. It's gonna go. He's yeah, gonna, I'm gonna go injure Jameis, injure Taysom Hill just to make sure. <laughs> Anyways, I wanted to just make a meta comment because I was looking at some like reviews that people were writing up about the quarterbacks this week, and I just think it's hilarious how much we try to read into things because like one one thing I noticed that people's grades are super inconsistent. One person had Trey Lance like second. Yep. Uh, another article or two had Trey Lance as the worst of the bunch. Yep. I was like, what, do we even really know like what we want to see out of rookie quarterbacks in, in the first week to boot? Because like Trey Lance had that like 80-yard touchdown or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, the deep bomb, and everybody was like, yeah. oh my gosh, like his arm is amazing. He's going to be like a perfect NFL quarterback. But he also had a bunch of like turnover-worthy throws. So mm-hmm. I just think, you know, I'm going to be a little bit wary of making any big analyses of these guys until... Well, until they actually play in the regular season, if they do. Yeah. Like, sorry, Ian, but, uh, yeah. but yeah, I just, I thought that was funny that it's like, it's people's thoughts, even in one week, are super inconsistent. You know, yeah. I thought with the rookie quarterbacks, everybody looked as good as they were supposed to look, with the exception mm-hmm. of Zach Wilson. I thought Zach Wilson yeah. looked better than I expected, but mm-hmm. I thought Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence all looked as good as like, <clears throat> you kind of thought they were, because you knew that mm-hmm. Trey Lance wasn't, was more of a physical big body like he can run a little bit big arm kind of like an athletic guy and he wasn't incredibly precise or you know the same way that we look at trevor lawrence justin fields justin fields big arm pretty accurate trevor lawrence very decisive very accurate and then so it's like i just thought that they all looked you know how they would and nobody really blew other than zach wilson again nobody really blew my expectation on the water but nobody was like wow they they made a terrible pick you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One uh, non-quarterback I did want to shout out is Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoda had a great game. He balled out in his Whoa. debut. Led the team with eight tackles, had a sack, and three tackles for a loss. Dang. Such a great pick. I mean, the Browns really lucked out, I think, getting them where they did. Yeah. I'm excited to watch him in the NFL. Me too. Me three. Moving on to a, a player I did want to mention and especially ask Lucas about. Your 2020 Dark Horse MVP, Drew Locke, had a game in week two. Uh, he threw he threw for two touchdowns, like, 
I think 100-something yards. Does this reinstill hope that Drew Locke can be a solid NFL starter, or do you think like Teddy Bridgewater's success also showed that maybe it wasn't much of him? Well, let me tell you, Jared, let me elaborate on those stats. They really puff up <laughs> yeah, my boy. Let's do it. It was 152 yards on five completions. That's more than 30 yards <laughs> completion. His That's two crazy. touchdowns came on seven throws. Insane. Um, but we don't need to overreact <laughs> one preseason game where the Vikings didn't have all their guys playing, where Teddy Bridgewater was also great. This does not mean anything for Drew Locke's future. We didn't learn anything new. I mean, just look at last year's numbers. He had a QBR uh, or a uh, quarterback rating of 75.4, which is about 18 points below the NFL average, and which placed him 32nd among NFL Yikes. quarterbacks. Not great. And then if you look at his interception percentage, it's at 3.4, which is the second highest in the NFL, tied with Carson Wentz. Only Nick Mullins was worse. It's not really the company you want to be in. <laughs> oh, man. So, like, it, I, I, you, I don't think you can ever read that much from preseason games. Like, even looking back on, like, on a team level, like, the 0-16 Lions were 4-0 in the preseason. It's like, you don't have all the guys <laughs> playing. <laughs> you don't have all the guys playing. Um, they'll be playing throughout the season. And I just think that, like, Drew Locke got lucky. Like, he, he had a couple nice throws in a game that didn't matter. Teddy Bridgewater... The other quarterback also played well. I have no real, you know, expectation that Drew Locke's going to, like, flip the script and be, like, a, a top 10 quarterback next season or anything like that. Wow. Some yeah. harsh words. Yeah. Yeah. I saw a tweet this week of, like, a, a headline from way back when that was about, like, Ryan Leaf out-dueling Peyton Manning. During yeah. The I saw that as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I think you're, like... <laughs> I, I don't think we have enough data to think that things have turned around for Drew Locke. <laughs> right. I, I think the jury's still out on him, though. He is pretty talented. He set an SEC passing record. You know, he is one of the prospects that kind of infuri- infuriates me in that he didn't really win that much in college, and he kind of shot mm-hmm. up. Not, like, mm-hmm. shot up, necessarily, but he was up on draft boards. But he, he does have some talent. I think the jury's still out on him. We'll, we'll see if you can beat out Teddy Bridgewater first. Mm. But what is the best expectation for Drew Lock? Like, what's what do you, what do we really think the best Drew Lock can really be? Some Pro Bowls. At the end of the day, isn't he still the fourth best, or at least the third best quarterback in that division between yeah. Justin Fields or Justin Herbert, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and Drew, and Derek Carr? Yeah. Like, I I don't know what the Broncos are expecting or what a successful season looks like for them. A Super Bowl, but like, are they just <laughs> expecting them to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with? a top two defense and a quarterback who is good, but like, you know, you're not asking him to do anything too crazy. Is that what the, is that what the goal is for the Broncos? Because it, it just, yeah. I don't know. I just don't, I, I like Drew Locke. I liked him coming out of college. I want him to be good, but like, what is good? What does good even look like for Drew Locke right now? Coming off of what was a really bad year. Cause either way, whether they play Drew or whether they play Teddy, I think they're screwed. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Some harsh words for the Broncos fans out there. Why? Let me go back to you though. Did the Colts? Did your boy Jacob Eason of the Colts show you enough to make you believe that they'll make the playoffs with him as a starter? I would call Carson Wentz and tell him it's okay. You don't have to come back. Oh my! (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God! No, you know I. Yes, I think that they could win a couple games. Could they make the playoffs with him the whole year? I'm not 100% sure. The most mm. talented player that's on the field for the Colts is uh, Jonathan Taylor. So everything mm. will literally run through Jonathan Taylor. 
you know, and Quentin Nelson is supposed to make a week one return. But it, let's say Carson Wentz is out for six weeks. I think that they could win four games. Their defense is really good. You're, if you ask Jacob just to throw a couple short passes, things in rhythm, you don't want him to really push the ball far downfield. Maybe occasionally one or two plays a game. But I thought that he checked down really, really well. <laughs> I thought that he did a good job making that decision. He threw to the outside pretty well. He kind of every once in a while would push a ball in the middle of the field. But, I mean, look, if I'm if I'm the Colts, you don't need to really to really toss him out there and, and say, make uh, big plays with your arms, scramble, do you know, improvise, run this offense. You have a really great play caller as, as your coach. Just kind of go out there, do some rhythm plays, and let Jonathan Taylor do most of the work. Right. Yeah, also of note is that Sam Ellinger was, like, pretty good, too. He was yeah. 10 for 15 for, like, 150 yards, plus, like, a bunch of rushing yards. So, I don't know. The, it looks like Carson Wentz might be third on the depth chart. When he <laughs> <goes in. laughs> The best class of all time. We'll see. I'm, <laughs> I'm a big fan of Sam Ellinger's game, but he he's uh in his like toughness and all that stuff. Like he yeah. he's like that sort of football brand, but he's so inconsistent. Yeah. Especially at Texas. So I I will need to see some like, more from him for sure. Exactly. Yep. But yeah. Any concluding thoughts on any performances in the preseason? You put Jalen Hurts on the outline. He wasn't great, but all reports from training camp are that the vibes are great around. You know, here. Yeah, that's yeah. what I've been seeing. <laughs> so, like, but the vibes, yeah, you know, the vibe. I'm... Apparently, when the Eagles and Patriots had a joint practice, he wowed everybody. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, I saw I saw a thing that he like he like stops guys in the hallway. And, like, oh, yeah, them yeah that was yeah. stupid. <laughs> but whatever. Wow. So... What's two plus two? No, no. I mean, <laughs> just the way it was framed, like Jalen Hurts wants to win, and then like I don't know, it was it was a weird framing. Well, Wyatt, it's sorry. Always, it's always Bleacher Report who kind of yeah, it's Bleacher Report it like that. Um, <laughs> I will go on record to say I think Jalen Hurts mm-hmm. throws a football better than people give him credit for. I know he mm-hmm. wasn't exactly impressive, but I, every time I watch him throw the football, I'm like. He throws it pretty well, I think. I, I don't understand what the yeah. I'm just kidding. You know, he's good decision maker or big arm or anything like that is is another debate. But as, whether he can actually throw a football, I think that 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 uh, conversation <laughs> should be thrown out. I genuinely like him a lot as a human being, if nothing else. I know that doesn't mean anything for the Eagles, but there are a few human beings <laughs> not Lucas, okay, likeable. Like, so zero value, but anyway. Like what, okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the three headlines <laughs> that come up now. <laughs> uh, the three headlines that come up when you Google Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts' stock is up. Jalen Hurts outshines legendary Cam Newton and Patriots Eagles practices. What they're saying about uh, Eagles is Jalen Hurts headed for superstardom. So like it's really Oh my goodness. The hype train the is vibes like, are good. The vibes, the vibes are great are in this camp. Right. Speaking of good vibes, the MLB last week found out that if you build it, money will come. The MLB's first Field of Dreams game was an unequivocal success, both on the field with a walk off home run ending the game and off the field with their MLB execs, the event was the most most watched regular season MLB game in 16 years. Aiden, has the MLB found a winning formula with this event, or is the hype just too difficult to replicate? 
Yeah, I feel like it's like a perfect storm of like a unique location plus the like storytelling, like movie aspect of it. Um, I think I think baseball does lend itself more to something like this because each like baseball stadium is more unique than say like a a football stadium or a basketball arena. They can have their own dimensions, their own wall heights. They can you know be in a cornfield. Um, so it, so it <laughs> yeah. does kind of lend itself to this. Um, and I do think baseball needs stuff like this more than other sports just because of like pure volume. Um, like football doesn't need our attention to like they don't need to do something special to get us to watch like 17 games a year um, like baseball does to get us to watch you know a random game out of 162 um, yeah. so I do think like this specific one is a winning formula they've already recognized that and re-upped for next year I think it's like Cubs <laughs> versus Reds um, nice but like I don't I'm not sure how like how much you can expand this formula because um, I think there are like events in the past that like didn't the, along these lines that didn't really work once that felt like a little bit more forced um like the marvel nba game or the star wars yeah. like mlb broadcasts that happened like in may this year um as, <laughs> as you would say jared they were they felt very corporate <laughs> they were like <laughs> disney owns espn and, and marvels and star wars yeah um, whereas with the field of dreams game it was like it felt like more like a connection to a this like a certain nostalgia and stuff um, and it felt a little bit less manufactured, even though all of this is obviously in the um, seeking money. Um, a side <laughs> note is that I'm surprised that there wasn't like a Space Jam game this year. I'm surprised they didn't <laughs> try to push that. that. Um, but um, so like, I, I'm kind of unsure of where the MLB goes from here besides like keep doing the Field of Dream stuff. You know, they can add a Sandlot game, which I think would be fun or, so, you know, stuff like that. Um, I'm not sure like there's that much room to like, add more of these uh, but i do think the fact that it was su so successful was kind of specific to baseball to an extent um yeah. and uh, like i think people will tune in again next year for it to be honest i i think that it, it was a good formula and the reason why the marvel thing doesn't really work or i guess the star wars mm -hmm. thing is it feels too arcadey where it doesn't feel like you're actually playing a uh, sport within like you're still playing mm -hmm. the same rules and all that they tried to do something yep. funky with the marvel stuff um, I think overall, baseball has a lot of great culture to it, and I'll admit that it has more culture than a lot of other sports, and they have a lot of great things they can call back to. Jackie Robinson Day is a really big day yeah. in baseball. Yeah. Um, this yeah. would be another really big day in baseball, and I think that they should lean more into these things, yeah. You know, being that they have, like you said, 162 games to cover. If, let's say, like once you know, every 40, or not even 40, yeah, let's say once every 40 games they just decided yeah. that they're going to throw in one of these special events, I think that that yeah. would be a good idea and it would mm -hmm. probably get you to watch a little bit more. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, like I said, I would, I would be afraid that they would lean more arcadey and less into just like some of the other cultural things that come on with baseball. Yeah. I, I don't think, I don't think they'll go that direction. I think Wyatt and I might've talked about this before is that baseball is probably the most has had the most films made about it out of any sport, maybe second to boxing, boxing. at least like classic <laughs> films. Right. Yep. Um, so that in terms of like, yeah, the narratives and stuff, it's been like a, a kind of a storytelling sport, I guess, which I think has been, is, is fun for it. And like a benefit of baseball. Mm -hmm. I think I have some suggestions for this field of dreams game though. Mm -hmm. Don't wait until mm -hmm. August to, to do this. Cause then you have to compete against the NFL preseason which, sure, it's not that important, but more people watch the NFL preseason game on Fox than they watch the Field of Dreams game. You know what I mean? Like, I think they could have potentially had an even bigger audience if they didn't wait till August to do this. 
Um, that being said, I doubt the ratings are going to be as high like next year, right? They're probably not yeah. going to, but a lot of these things, these things tend to have a steep drop. But we'll get into this later, but I think there is one other option they can definitely do for a crossover event. Mm-hmm. Lucas? Oh, you took what I was going to say. All right. Fine. Yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear what your big what idea is. Well, you let's, okay. What other options are available for the MLB in terms of crossover events? I think, Aiden, you mentioned this. I think the Sandlot game is definitely a good one. Like, I think they could do like an all dirt infield, put like yeah. a fake wooden fence out in left field. Like, don't actually make it wood because that would hurt if you ran into it. And like, I don't, I don't know. Like, you can't put a do- a real dog probably out there in the in left field. But like. <laughs> Some like sort an of animatronic one running across <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, have some like something out there. I think like a chain link backdrop would be awesome too. Instead of like the yeah. like the netting that they do, like the like the old like chain link fence would be pretty sick. Yeah. And one thing they did really well on the Field of Dreams game is that the like in person attendance like was pretty small to make sure to make mm-hmm. the game like an exclusive event. I think that's mm-hmm. like was really a good smart thing they did. Fear Field of Dreams, and they could do that with a Sandlot game too. Like they could yeah. just have like bleachers, yeah. like yeah. wooden bleachers, even if they wanted. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. Jared, I can already see the headline of Mike Trout. You know, runs into chain link fence, career-ending <laughs> injury. <laughs> oh, oh no! Yeah, that would suck. <laughs> Jared once, when we were kids, ran into a chain link fence and split his lip open. I did oh, actually no. when I was like oh. ten. It was traumatic. Yeah. But, and see, he's still coming back exactly. to the idea. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something about it builds character, you know. Yeah. Yeah. That's what so grown good. adults need is more character. <laughs> Mike Trout, he just characterless guy character. from what I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it's also worth noting too that like this comes in the context of like a little bit of a baseball renaissance. Like ratings are really up this year, and I think they just sort of call it like the perfect storm of like the like a really cool narrative driven event something that like i mean we've mentioned this a lot before too but it wasn't gimmicky and i think another issue with like the star wars and the marvel thing is that it's like it's transferable like they could have a star wars nba game or a star wars mlb game or a star wars nhl game or a star wars nfl game like it doesn't you could do that for any sports so there's no specific yeah. reason to tune in and so like you have sports getting you know not as popular as other sports but it's like it sort of stopped its free fall in terms of popularity you have like the fact that um like it's specific to baseball Mm. and i think that like i was gonna bring up the sandlot thing as well because i think that's the only like sort of specific enough event that you could do that would sort of like capture lightning in a bottle ratings wise again right because a lot of the other mlb movies are like on a major league team or like yeah. a minor league team, you don't want to play like a minor league stadium. Exactly, that like, does have the same kind of yeah. like different vibe. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's but, harder to yeah. like recreate a a setting. I, yeah. I like really the Sandlot's the only other movie I could think of. I kind of thought of like Angels in the Outfield That's, too, yeah. but I was like, I don't know how they would do that. You know what what they would do for that, right? But, Think about yeah. Moneyball. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's <laughs> just the let's just go back to two thousand one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to, I wanted to say Lucas counterpoint. Could any other sport do a glow in the dark game where the baseball bats are lightsabers? Oh, that. Ooh. See, that would Who's be fun. Who's with me? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> There'd be yeah. no hitters from both sides. So yeah, like... <laughs> you can't even glow in the dark baseball. Well, you can I make the like ball glow in the dark too. But the mean? ball doesn't glow. The only the the ball. <laughs> <laughs> also, I want to make a correction too. Uh, this sort of has saved MLB ring. They were like they were really high at the beginning of the season, and they've dropped off. Like if you look at this point compared, it's it's down twelve percent from uh from the twenty nineteen season. So. I was incorrect what I shared. It started off really strong, like higher. Baseball ratings. Yeah, baseball mm-hmm. ratings. Oh, did I cut out? Yeah, I'm sorry. Because I can't really, I can't really think of a reason why it would be. I thought I saw. I, I think I talked about on the podcast earlier the yeah. fact that baseball is up earlier in the season. But I couldn't really come yeah. up with a good reason why it was up. <laughs> so. Yeah. No, and I didn't see it appears to have bottomed <laughs> so, off too. So like I, I, I didn't yeah. check in like a, a month and a half. So I just assumed to keep going. But if you look at now, like this point in the season versus 2019, the last full season, it's down 12. percent mm-hmm. So. But it is like a big ratings boost, like to have the that game nonetheless being the most yeah. few games since 05. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple other movies that I'm looking at: Benchwarmers. Right. <laughs> yeah, I classic. mean, they could do that. that's not a classic setting necessarily, though. Yeah, yeah. Bad, could be kind of <laughs> kind of Sandlot, but a little more. Uh, you Bad know. news bears. Yeah. Ooh, Angels true. in the outfield. True. Yeah. Playing like a cloud top uh, cruise type. Rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the greatest baseball like the movie of all time, Air, Bun, Air Bud, seventh mm-hmm. inning fetch. Yeah. <laughs> You're required to have, like, your, like, left fielder be a dog. Yeah, dog. Dog. Yeah, that field was... one dog in any position. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The shift, <laughs> the shift will just eliminate <laughs> that liability, though. Like, <laughs> uh-huh. so. so that'll do it with this uh, today's episode. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and uh, tell your friends about us. Also, go ahead and follow us on Instagram. We're very interactive on Instagram. We'd love to have a conversation with you guys. A lot of posts going up. Uh, Go ahead and follow us on that, and then you might have a conversation with one of the five of us. Anyways, we'll see you guys in the next episode, and thank you.